You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Difficult days really reveal whose faith is genuine, whose is not. These are days that have been prophesied by God. These are days where the Christian ought to be excited because it's a sign of the future coming of Jesus Christ. And during these difficult days, our response, our response is critical. When you're in the military, it can push you beyond the limits, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Some people don't make it to the end of boot camp, but for those who endure, they've proven themselves to be mentally tough, physically strong, and ready to fight whatever comes their way. So as you listen today, Pastor Danny wants you to never forget that it's in the most challenging of times that your true character and strength is tested. When everyone else is giving up, don't give up hope. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Acts chapter 8 as he continues his message, Persecution Evangelism. Bible prophesies for us uh, in several places that when Jesus comes again, and he's coming soon, he's coming to Jerusalem. He left physically, he's coming back physically, and he's coming, and and it tells us he's going to plant his feet on the Mount of Olives, the same place he ascended from, he's coming back to. They're in Jerusalem. For lots of people, uh, they didn't move from somewhere else to Jerusalem, they grew up in Jerusalem. This is their hometown. This is where they were born. Uh, Mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, this is where your kids go to school. This is your home. You're going to leave willingly and leave grandma and grandma and leave the family and take the kids out of school, etc. It'd be very difficult. Hang with me. Hang with me because there's there's a lot of reasons why God used persecution. Um, The church family, I mean, this church family, you read in places like Acts 2.45, Acts chapter 4, verses 34 and 35, uh, this church family was so giving. Uh, People selling things they didn't need, bringing the money to the leadership of the church, the church distributing to anybody as he had need. And, And for a period of time, this early church in Jerusalem, if you had a financial need, it was met. You talk about a benevolence ministry. They had the best. There was grace uh, on everybody. There there was love. I mean, it was a church to be a part of. You talk about a church family. And guess what else? It tells us that this early church in Jerusalem, there were miracles happening. I mean, extraordinary things happening. 
So many miracles and the kind of miracles where Peter would come by and if you, would, if you saw Peter coming by and you had a need and you were sick, you'd try to just get in Peter's shadow and you believe that just his shadow, God would heal you. Amazing miracles happening. I'm going to give you a couple more. It's the Church of the Apostles. Galatians 2.9, Paul will tell us later on that Peter, James, and John would become the pillars of the church. They were the guys you wanted to be around. Those are the guys you wanted to hear teach. I mean, you got, you got the best teachers. You got the top leaders right there in the church in Jerusalem. It's the church of the apostles, the real one, the original and then if God told these cultured Jews that he wanted them to go to places like Samaria, go to Samaria, really? The good Jews would go out of their way to walk around Samaria because Samaritans had intermarried with the Assyrians years before during the Assyrian captivity of Israel. And they had intermarried, and then when God brings the Jews back into the land and gives them control of the land, once again, the purebred Jews who had not intermarried looked down on these Samaritans who had intermarried with the Assyrians. They'd have nothing to do with them. And so Samaria, you go out of your way to avoid Samaria. And so God said, I know one way. I know one way I'll get them out of Jerusalem. And he allowed for difficult times. He allowed persecution. He allowed one of the choice servants of the early church, Stephen, to die a martyr's death. And as a result of his death, persecution began to spread in the church in Jerusalem. What was my opening? Difficult days provide divine opportunities. It did then, it will now. I thought of some of the scriptures and the stories of the Bible, Jonah. If you know the story of Jonah, God calls Jonah to go to a place called Nineveh. Nineveh, Assyrian territory, Assyrians, bitter enemies of the Jewish people, they had done terrible atrocities uh, to the Jews over the years. And God tells Jonah, I want you to go and preach to Nineveh. And if you know the story of Jonah, one of the main reasons that Jonah did not go is because he knew God was a compassionate, loving, merciful God. And he thought, if I go and preach to them and they repent, God will forgive them. And Jonah didn't want God to forgive them. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't like the Ninevites. And so if you know the story, and there's a bit of humor in it, Jonah gets on a ship headed to Tarshish as far as he could get in that day uh, away from God and the call of God. He's on this ship headed for Tarshish. God sends a storm. These guys on the ship, they think, what in the world's going on? The gods must be angry. Jonah confesses, I'm your problem. You throw me overboard, 
storm will settle down. They didn't want to throw him overboard, but finally they have nothing else to do. They throw him overboard, and God has a big fish. We think he's a whale, but we don't know. And he swallows Jonah. And Jonah spends three days and three nights in the heart of this, the belly of this big fish. And the fish gets sick of him. Fish spits him up on the land. And finally, Jonah, after this experience, decides, I guess I'll go to Nineveh. <laughs> and he goes, but he goes reluctantly, but still he goes. And what he thought would happen did happen. God uses his preaching, and he preaches to the Ninevites, and the whole city, including the king, repent. They get saved. Difficult days provide divine opportunities, and there's all kinds of stories like that in the Bible. Let me throw the scripture at you. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. Paul says, now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, and he's talking about all the difficulties in his life as a Christian. The things that have happened to me have really served to advance the gospel. One of those specifically you find in Acts chapter 16. It's the story of Paul and Silas getting thrown into the inner dungeon. They're in Philippi. And at midnight after they've been beaten and they're singing praises to God and the other prisoners are listening and God is so pleased with their worship and their prayer that he shakes the foundation of the prison Chains of the prisoners fall off. Prison doors fly open. Prisoners, they think, are about to escape. And then Paul, Paul somehow has the kind of influence that the prisoners don't escape. Well, the Philippian jailer who's in charge, he's thinking, I'm going to die. They're going to execute me because all these prisoners are going to escape. And Paul says, don't hurt yourself because the guy's about to commit suicide, thinking he's going to be executed for his failure. Paul says, we're all here. And the guy asked the question, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, you came to the right prisoner. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and your whole family will be saved. In the middle of the night, the Philippian jailer and his whole family not only get saved, put their faith in Jesus Christ, they get baptized. And the open door for this guy and his whole family coming to faith in Christ was Paul and Silas getting thrown into the inner dungeon. Difficult days provide divine opportunities. I like reading about it. I like teaching it, but it's not fun living it. In Galatians chapter 4, Paul writes, and he says, as you know, it was because of an illness. Wow, this is fascinating. An illness that I first preached the gospel to you. He doesn't tell us exactly what the illness is. It really doesn't matter. But some kind of physical illness brought Paul to the Galatians. He shares the gospel with them, and the Galatian church is born. I thought of Joseph and all the suffering he went through in the will of God. I thought of Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They go into the fiery furnace, Daniel, into the den of lions, all in the will of God, all for the purpose of the glory of God and the witness through their lives and through the difficulties they faced. Difficult days provide divine opportunities. Difficult days. Some have lost jobs. 
some perplexed about what's happening. I'm talking about in the church, not just in the world, in the church. Boy, this one verse, does it just sum it up or what? <laughs> As it is written, for your sake, God's sake, his purposes, we face death all day long. We're considered a sheep to be slaughtered. Fruit of persecution, the word spread. People were saved. One very notable person was saved. And Saul was there giving approval to his death. When you get to Acts chapter 26, Paul the Apostle, Saul of Tarsus, who becomes Paul the Apostle, as a prisoner, stands before King Agrippa. And he basically gives this testimony of how Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, appeared to him on the road to Damascus as he's going to Damascus to persecute more Christians. He says, I read chapter 26, verse 14, to Agrippa, Paul says, we all fell to the ground. I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. The goads were sharp objects to try to get an animal uh, that was stubborn to go the direction you wanted him to go. I'm convinced one of the things God used to goad Saul of Tarsus into really becoming a servant and a disciple of Jesus Christ was Stephen. If you read the whole story about Stephen as he stood before the Supreme Court of his day, before they stoned him to death, they saw his face as it was the face of an angel. And as they're stoning him, the record is that before he died, he cried out in prayer, Father, don't hold this sin against them. Forgive them. Saul heard those words, and I believe one of the greatest goads that God used in Saul of Tarsus' life Stephen and how Stephen dealt with difficult days, how Stephen dealt with tough times, how Stephen dealt with death. People were saved as a result of the difficulties that came to these early believers, this early church. I put in my notes, our response to persecution, difficult times, is critical because God wants to make us witnesses in our world. The fruit of this persecution, the word spread, people were saved, but there's a third. The church's faith was proved to be real, to be genuine. If you're never tested by tough times, how do you know your faith is real? How do you know your faith is real? The way we respond to difficulties really shows us what we're made of. Romans 8.28, it's that famous Christian passage, and it's a love-hate verse, <laughs> if you know what I mean. We know that all things work together for the good. All things don't work together good, but all things work together for the good of those who are called according to His purpose. 
I thought about it. Again, I'm just going to read what God gave me for me, for me. And I pass on to you. The way we respond in tough times proves whether or not our faith is real. The world needs to see some tested believers. Christians who really believe, Romans 8.28. Saints who rejoice in the Lord no matter what the state of the economy, whose hope is not in this life. Men and women of God who can say with Habakkuk, who went through some very difficult times in the will of God. And here's what Habakkuk said. Listen carefully. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, that's like saying there's no steak on the shelf, yet I'll rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in God, my Savior. These are challenging days. Guess what? Closer we get to Jesus' coming, the more challenging the days will become. There will be difficulties because the Bible predicts famines. The Bible predicts pestilence. The Bible predicts the kind of world war like we've never seen, the kind of global war where According to Revelation, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, half the population perishes. That's hard to fathom. That's hard to digest. But that's exactly what the Bible prophesies. And in Revelation, it tells us this calls for perseverance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. Difficult days really reveal Whose faith is genuine and whose is not? These are days that have been prophesied by God. These are days where the Christian ought to be excited because it's a sign of the future coming of Jesus Christ. And during these difficult days, our response, our response is critical during these difficult times. What is it that God is doing in your life and through your life where he's moving you perhaps to a place where you can share the word with someone that you would not have had an opportunity to share with? Has God moved you? Is God moving you literally, geographically to a place that maybe you didn't plan on going, you don't even want to go really, but it's the will of God at least for this point in your life? And there's somebody there, there's somebody there where he wants you to share the word with, share Jesus with. If we're sharing the word, listen, people are going to get saved. If we're sharing Jesus, if we're sharing the gospel, some people are going to get saved. It's not our responsibility whether they get saved or not. But if you share the truth and if we sow our seed, some plants are going to spring up. There's going to be some fruit. People are going to be saved. We need to be sharing Jesus with people. Not arrogantly, not self-righteously, lovingly, but boldly. We need to be sharing Jesus with people. And if you're going through real difficult times as a Christian, look for opportunities through the difficulty to share Jesus with somebody. Share the Word. 
Seeds are going to be planted. People are going to be saved. And our faith, as they see how we respond, we, we don't want to respond like everybody else. We don't want to respond in despair. We don't want to respond in fear. We want to respond in faith. We don't enjoy it. We don't revel in it. We, we, we're just as disappointed as anybody else in terms of the practical challenges of what's going on. But may the difficult days reveal the genuineness of our faith. I read years ago in Reader's Digest. I'll share it with you one more verse, though. These trials have come so that your faith may be proved genuine. Reader's Digest years ago, I looked for new jokes back then in Reader's Digest. Some were corny, but if they were new, I'd try them out. Goes like this. Hosting a party in his backyard, a millionaire announces to the crowd that he will give anything he owns to the person who swims the length of his pool. There's just one catch. The pool is filled with sharks. And all of a sudden, splash, everybody hears. Into the pool goes a man swimming furiously. Fins are breaking the water line. Jaws are snapping. Just when it looks like he's fish food, the guy climbs out. Millionaire says, I'm a man of my word, and you're the bravest man I've ever met. Ever met. So what can I give you? Glaring into the crowd, the swimmer says, well, let's start with the name of the jerk that pushed me in. And I know at home you're just laughing hysterically. There was a rabbi years ago named Harold Kushner. He wrote a remarkably wide-selling book titled, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. It sold more than half a million copies before going to paperback. It was on the New York Times bestseller list for a whole year. The whole point of his book is to say, God is all loving, but he's not all powerful. That God is good, but he's not sovereign. So, when bad things happen to good people, Kushner said, it's because events are out of God's control. And Kushner advises his readers in his book to learn to love God and forgive him despite his limitations. Couldn't be a more unbiblical book ever printed. No, no, no. These trials have come so that your faith may be proved genuine. God's in control. And sometimes God will use difficult times to push us into the pool, spread the word. It's a great opportunity during these difficult days to tell people about Jesus. Seeds are going to be planted. Souls are going to be saved. And our faith will be proved genuine.
Thanks for joining us today to study the books of the New Testament with Pastor Danny Hodges, right here on The Living Word. You can check out more of Pastor Danny's teachings through the Bible by going to our website, ccfstpete.church. Just look under the Resources tab and click on Teachings. We encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to stay up to date on the latest teachings and videos. Feel free to share them with your friends and family. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you in person. Join us for our weekly church services at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. We meet on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. We're also live streaming our services for those who are at home or live further away. We look forward to worshiping with you. Find out more on our website. Once more, that's ccfstpete.church. As Pastor Danny continues this series, New Testament Highlights, be reminded that all these books provide a glimpse into God's heart for every person. His word is like a lighthouse, showing the way for lost ships at sea. Each person is a lost ship, floundering in the dark waters until they see that beam of light that directs them back to land. Throughout scripture, Jesus is that beam of light, lighting the path to safety. Tune in next time to hear more from Pastor Danny as he teaches in the New Testament right here on The Living Word.